Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. You have tuned in to the call. Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. Let's bring them in. Uh, Philip Pepe from Sharon Partners. Philip, how are you, sir? Good uh, well, how are you? Surviving good. earnings season? So far, so good. Gets ramps up next week for me, so fingers crossed that oh. the current momentum continues. So far, okay. So Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena. You keeping across at all? It's getting traction. Uh, it's becoming. <laughs> the flood is starting. Uh, it is. Uh, why is it a big week for you next week? Who, the, who are your favourites? A lot of the week? small caps over right. the second half of the month. So all the big caps who claim they get better access to auditors go first and then the uh, the fun stuff ah, happens second right. half of the period. So okay. you get a lot more variability towards the end. And the cynics will say good results come out early, bad results come out late. But most people put them out at the same time every year right with the bad ones always coming out late anyway so so what do you hope to be a highlight next week what have you got i think some of the engineering and construction companies might surprise on the upside like yeah. forward order books will probably be strong there's debate about whether margins can hold up given costs of coal costs have gone up if they can demonstrate a solid outlook and margins holding up I think they could get a re-rate. They're currently okay. on single-digit multiples in some cases, so yeah. I think that's a particular one. Um, what else we're looking at? Some of the financials might do well, given you know if markets continue to go up, rising tide lifts all boats. You should get yep. the operating leverage in some of the financials um, mm. in the next twelve okay. months. So all right. that's what I'm watching. A few themes for next week uh, to to be across um, stocks. We're going to take a look at in the first half hour of the show today. Uh, Linus. Uh, Magellan Global Fund, uh, not the management fund, the Global Fund, uh, ARB Corp AMP uh, and Pinnacle Investment Management. Did you hear I changed my tone with the AMP? AMP. We're going to get an update and see how it's going um, and whether it can turn around its fall from grace that has um, been underway for a couple of years now. Um, stock of the day, thought we'd take a look at uh, one of the motherships of the ASX, CSL, out today. Good first half result, uh, has reaffirmed full year forecast, statutory net profit up 17%, topping estimates, thanks to another strong performance in its blood plasma business, revenue up 12%, also a beat shareholders to get interim dividend $1.19 US per share, higher than a year earlier. Uh, the outlook, underlying profit expected to come in around $3 billion for the full year. But uh, share price down today. Um, so what did the team think of CSL? Of course, it came after the news yesterday that it's heart drug uh, they'd spent quite a bit of money on. Uh, hadn't passed FDA approvals or had the efficacy there, so they're withdrawing from that. And then the result today. Philip, two days of big announcements for CSL. 
Two days of picking elephants, probably six months of nothing. Mm. I mean, they had a, a they have a strategy day every year and an R and D day every other year, and their strategy day last year really just threw through each of the businesses. There was nothing really new, nothing to excite people. This is a great business. It's a great long term bottom draw stock it's proven time and time again when the market hates it you buy it bottom draw uh it'll it'll be higher in, in 12 months to two years time it always looks often looks fair value based on the existing business which people know very well so you buy it for the r d portfolio and when you get an announcement the other day that shows a glitch not not damage but a glitch it'll take a pause and at the moment it looks like it's missing a catalyst, so there's probably no need to rush in and buy it. Um, it probably needs a good news item, which may come the next three months. It may not, but I think at the moment people probably take profits given the strong rally since October, November. So I'm going to call this a hold. Um, I wouldn't chase it at these levels. It's a great business. If it drops further, I'm sure have a look at it. But at the moment, they need to put out some positive news regarding the R&D portfolio to convince people to price in more of the option value. Yep. And at the moment, there's more doubters than there are believers. So I think it's due for a pause, which uh, we've seen last okay. couple of days. Because it seems to be going through, a, you look at that chart there and you know, between 250 and 300 bucks, um, you, you buy on the pullback this last one in October. Uh, November down to around the 230s was a, a big drop, wasn't it? I mean, it's good range trading stock. If you're a trader, yeah. not an investor, absolutely. I'm not a chartist, but that looks to me like it's probably a little bit more to go, maybe 260 um, yeah. in the sort of mid twos. You know, I think analyst price targets are higher. They always are higher. Circa 320 is the average um, price target before today anyway. Uh, if it dropped another... 10%, famous last words, you'd probably start to buy back in. Right. But okay. at the moment, when we saw the dip when the wonder drug was going to kill everything and yeah. obviously didn't, uh, we saw a quick recovery. I'd wait for one of those, people get bored, throw it out, oversold, right. buy it, bottom draw, it'll be back over 300 bucks in okay. no time. Rudy? Yeah, I think the big announcement was yesterday, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> that was quite a big setback. Yep. Um, people who have been in the share price for a long while, myself included, um, we were actually expecting at some point we would have the next blockbuster coming out. Mm. I mean, they spent a billion dollars. Mm. Uh, the better part of 10 years they, uh, they developed it. Um, <clears throat> of course, uh, CSL being the quality management they are, uh, my understanding is that even if they can't do anything with that product they developed, uh, the facilities they've built up, they can be converted. Um, right. So it's not like everything is wasted and they have to they have to. So they built a new factory for this hard drive. They did. They did provide uh, in t in in case of success that they right. would, they would be able to start producing. Absolutely. Right. Um, I guess that's what you do as, if you're a good yeah. management team. But yeah. um, now they'll have to see whether they can use it for other for other means, and otherwise they can use whatever they've built uh, for other purposes. So um, that's the quality of CSL. Yeah. Um, I think in, in result season, I think we, investors have to realize that the, the immediate response to the share price is usually the difference between what comes out in the numbers and what was expected, be it by fund managers or, or traders or, or stockbrokers. Um, and that doesn't necessarily give you an idea about what the outlook for a company is. Mm -hmm. um, one of the themes I think is coming through this result season, it's all about margin. And margin, of course, is related to costs. Um, while CSL's result is very strong again, I mean, a lot of companies would give their left arm 
to come up with numbers like that. Mm. Uh, it hasn't quite met expectations. The margin has improved, but people were, were expecting better margin. Yeah. Um, uh the vaccine division uh, underperformed, which usually doesn't happen either. And the acquisition they did in Switzerland, Vifo, um, apparently right, they have to temper the expectations a little bit there. So you combine it all, and in particular after yesterday's news, the share price has to go down. I mean, yep. the market wouldn't be itself if the share price would have gone up. You would really start scratching your head and go, what's happening here? Yep. I mean, but again, um, it doesn't tell you anything where the share price will go. Underlying, I mean, growth is there. Management is still confident that the margin in 12 months' time or in August will be higher than where it is today. Right. They will get uh, Securus right. Um, <clears throat> the fact that Securus is loss making is simply the, or the second half will be, is the seasonal effect. Right. It's just when the flu comes in. Yeah. Um, and, so is the shine coming off CSL management? Um, maybe a little bit. Um, I, th I think. What you often see, if, if you take another analogy, what you often see is that some athletes or some sporting teams have a period when they literally can't do anything wrong. They're just winning yeah. everything. And you just Conway know. And you just know, you just know that that's, that can't go on indefinitely. Every yep. super yeah, athlete kind of. I mean, goes, through it, goes through a time, then all of a sudden, yeah. it's a little bit less. Yeah. Right? They're not yeah. winning everything. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, GSL is going through a period like that. It's still a great company, but it's not all fantastic news that comes out of it. I mean, but do they have the heart one didn't get through? Do they have a whole bunch of other they drugs have all coming pipeline. through? They have all pipeline. Right, a pipeline. I, so. I, from from the investor there last year, I understand that their pipeline has never been as full as this one. Oh, now. okay. But having said so, CSL one one two. It was it was a big one. Right. I mean, it okay. would have been a massive blockbuster. Uh, which would easily have pushed the share price to 350 in a go, but that's not going to happen now. Right. Okay. So what would you be? Oh, I'm, I'm different a little bit with uh, with uh, Philip. Philip. A, a whole. I don't think you have to. You have to wait. You, right. If you have a long-term horizon and you're confident in the company, which I think you can be, you can buy it at these levels. Uh, you can buy it. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, so you're taking Rudy's sort of analogy on board and. Sort of not getting ahead of yourself this football season. <laughs> keeping, with your lead on it. keeping your lid on it. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Don't sound too convincing. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, take a look at our first stock. Angela uh, wants a view, Philip, on Linus Rare Earths. Angela says, in spite of rare earth prices continuing to be depressed, the company is still profitable, and the strategic importance of Linus assets has not evaporated. As uh, according to Angela, um, she says, therefore, is Linus a bargain at the current share price? Philip, of course, then. Uh, exploration development, processing rare earths in Australia and Malaysia. Uh, one of the few um, rare earth uh, sort of producers outside of China. It's certainly looking cheap and it's a positive that it's uh, you know, five and a half bill market cap in terms of profit. It is linked to the battery theme thematic and all battery stocks or lithium stocks are 
probably at 12 month lows, given that we all thought we'd be driving electric vehicles by now and we're not. I've always been, it'll take longer than people think. Uh, in hindsight, we have oversupply of all battery materials, not the shortage that people like Elon Musk suggested might happen. Tesla sales are slowing as well. So the same with Derudi earlier, valuation is just one thing people look at. And yes, these stocks look cheap. Um, as we get through this reporting season, wouldn't surprise if you see some analysts mark to market. It perhaps doesn't look as cheap as it does today, but still remain cheap. I would say it's too soon on some of these stocks because the supply demand imbalance is still uncertain given how long these stocks have been listed. Yep. You don't need to be a hero. Uh, according to analysts, there's 40% plus upside in this stock. If you miss the first 5%, it's not the end of the world, but it could drop another 20% if the next result is disappointing right. versus our mm. expectations. So I think. Famous last words, it's too early to rush back into that battery theme at the moment. Uh, this one's positive, it turns a profit anyway. Some of them are cash burning. Mm. But I'm just not a battery technology bull, so I, I would give it 12 months to see where things settle. Okay. Uh, it, it'll probably still be cheap in 12 months' time. Okay, so no for you, uh, Rudy? Yeah, you know that old joke, yeah? what's a stock that drops by 90%? Eh? It first goes down by 80% and it halves. Yeah? <laughs> Uh, and, and try to take the, the, the cyclicality out of commodities, right? Uh, and that's basically what we are experiencing. I mean, whether it's a buy or not here, it really depends on, on your personal strategies and your risk appetite. Right? Yep. The problem with buying value, so to speak, is that sometimes you just have to be patient and wait. And can the share price in the meantime go lower? It definitely can. Um, and, and in particular with these uh, relatively small cap, uh, small mining companies essentially. The one thing that Philip didn't mention is these guys are apparently in conversations with uh, a company in the US or potentially merging and that obviously will will determine the short the short term uh, share price outlook. Now it's all dependent on <clears throat> how much of a premium can these guys negotiate yeah. and will they get it from the other end etc etc. Because the US government's backing them aren't they yes. to build a processing the, plant there in is, the US. The, the, there is a general realisation in Europe and in the US that um, one can't rely on China. No. You have to have facilities outside China. Linus is one of the few outside China. Um, so yes they are but long story short you probably want to buy commodities when they're down on their knees. This could be potentially one of them, but it doesn't tell you anything about tomorrow or next week. Right. I mean, you might have to be patient. You, 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 you're probably buying them uh, cheaply, but it doesn't mean they can't get cheaper. So that's why I'm saying is like, um, if you have the patience, if you can stomach the volatility, by all means, put it in your, put, allocate a little part of your portfolio and just keep it there because at some point, as we all know, at some point these markets will turn again. The, the right. History shows you that and the future will do it again. Pinpointing the exact timing, well now we're talking art more yeah, than science. Right, exactly right. <laughs> because all of you blokes say, well, with commodities, you've got to buy them at the bottom of the cycle. Then the bottom of the cycle comes and then it just goes further. Oh, yeah. I don't know, it could be yes. a bit more now. Because, because you never know, it has happened so many times okay. in the past, they look cheap oh, sure. and then they're half again. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, all right, so would you be a no unless you wanted well, uh, in your speculative part of the portfolio, I, I don't. I, this is not my strategy. So right. for me, that's I don't. That's do, no, I don't do no that point. Stuff. Yeah. But I can see the fact, as I said, there will be a time when this share price will double, triple, quadruple. Right. right. Won't be next week. Right. I would be very surprised next week. 
but if you're if you're in it, then you have the spoils. Right. And the fact that it's a producer, yes, a processor, and makes money. Is yes, but, but it's even in this environment. But still, uh, they have problems with delays and etc., which is weighing on share price as well. Right. And this Malaysia is never a hundred percent certainty for them; it hasn't been in the past. No. And at the end of the day, it's the same complaint as with gold producers. It's all about the gold price. Yeah. Gold producers in Australia are profitable, but look at their share prices where they are. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the, the commodity has to move first. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Brad wants a view, Rudy, on Magellan. Yeah. Don't shriek. The fund. Uh, not the management company. Uh, the Magellan Global Fund, yeah. which is their international listed company. Okay. So I manage my own money. Yeah. I'm pretty certain Philip does the same thing, and he advises other people. Um, <laughs> There's, there's more than 2,000 stocks listed on the stock exchange. There's probably more than 2,000 ways of investing in the share market. Yep. This is not for me because I like to do it myself. And I think I probably can do a better job than these guys with my money. Uh, but I also understand for some people, ETFs or active fund managers, there is a function for them. Yep. For some people, that is simply the way they want to go about it. And they don't have to think about whether they should own uh, Microsoft or, uh, or, yep. or Amazon, yep. they just make the decision, they put the decision in the hands of those guys. The only thing I can... I'll, Is this I'll, a good one? Well, they've, they've, they've underperformed for quite extended periods in the past. Um, like you can see that in 2022, they were not really in line with the index. Um, at the moment, they seem to be doing well. Uh, I don't follow them close enough to know, but I'm assuming they do have Microsoft and Apple and the like, yep. because otherwise <laughs> it wouldn't be there. Yep. The only thing you can hold against them is they don't always make the right decisions. And the second thing is they obviously charge you fees. Hmm. And simply owning the index would give you, at the very least, yep. lower fees. And, the, and they, they would charge a higher fee than an ETF. Oh, yes. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. So if, if just owning the, the, the ETF of the index would give yep. you, at the very least, a lower yeah. fee, and these guys still has to, have to outperform the NASDAQ or the S&P to, uh, 500 or the MSCI uh, Global uh, to make it worthwhile owning them. Mm. But listen, for some people, this, this is, uh, it's predominantly, I mean, officially they're global, but it's predominantly US stocks there yeah. and, and, and a chunk in Europe. Yeah. Um, for some people it works, um, for, me it doesn't. You, for me it doesn't. Philip? I tend to agree. I mean, first question to ask is, why do Australians want to invest in a global fund? If your liability is in Australian dollars, why do you want an exposure to international right. funds? You might, but you know, and you can't really hedge. So small proportion, not a large proportion. That chart looks great. They've underperformed the index over since inception by about 4.7%. Has been volatile, they have had periods of outperformance, mm. but over a long time they've underperformed and charged mm. active fees. And there's a performance fee in there as well. Looking at their portfolio, it is largely US stocks. And as we all know, the top seven US stocks are the market. Mm. So you're paying active fees for people to buy the top seven mega caps. Um, just buy passive fund, passive fees, no performance fees with an appropriate percentage of your portfolio. Yep. Because uh, why, why pay active fees in a very difficult market, which is the international market anyway? Um, and at the moment, where a handful of stocks really dominate those indexes, 
you could just buy those stocks directly if you wanted mm. to, but I would just mm. buy a passive fund and okay. um, buy and hold and don't, don't worry so about that. So um, if you're in it, look at an ETF. Yeah. All right, Jason, what's a view, uh, Philip, on ARB? Um, anyone who has a four-wheel drive and has pimped it with all the accessories would know ARB, largest design and manufacturer distributor, four-wheel drive and light commercial vehicle accessories. Has a niche market there. Uh, family founded and sort of big, still the biggest shareholders. Um, what do you reckon of ARB? It's a great business. Yeah. Um, it, it is expensive, materially expensive on analysts' price targets, which will probably all get upgraded in a couple of weeks when the results come out. The consumers held up well. Um, there was no mortgage cliff. Retail sales keep growing. Car sales keep growing. They're like commercial vehicles and SUVs. Their category sales are up 40% in November and December. Hmm. So the, the category isn't slowing, which means you need the fancy bull bars and roof racks and that kind of stuff. So yeah. you'd expect their forward order book, for want of a better phrase, to be pretty strong in the result in a few days' time and therefore analyst upgrades. Having said that, I think the share price has moved ahead of analyst forecasts. If you believe consensus is expensive, it's a sell. I think my guess is we'll see upgrades in the next week. Earnings, not necessarily share price, such that it looks fair value. So I'm going to call it a hold into the result. Yep. Uh, and if you've ridden um, at least a short-term blip, take some profits then. But I would certainly be holding into the result, which looks like it's shaping up to be a pretty solid result with a solid um, at least six months outlook, uh, mm. in my opinion. So okay. I'm going to call it a hold only because it is expensive, but it's, it's it's in the right space and doing very well. And, and as we can see from that chart, the pandemic was sensational for it when we couldn't travel overseas. And so people bought their four-wheel drives and did them up. Um, Really? Yeah, in a sim- similar fashion as with CSL, I wouldn't get too hooked up on, on what happened in 2020 and 2021. Um, this is, by all means, this is one of the uh, Australian success stories. Started mm. off in a garage in Queensland. Yeah, it's a great story. Um, I mean, um, and the family's still really active in it. It's running it. One thing to point out here: it's increasingly becoming an American story. They are actually moving into uh, into retail stores. They are mm. actually opening stores because they clearly um, feel a bit constrained in, in how much of, of an attention they can get in the distribution in America as a, as a non-American uh, brand. Mm. Um, so they now started to open their own stores where they can just stack up everything they make and without competition, um, which increases the risk profile as well. Uh, it changes it. But because it's increasing the American story, and, and, and at the moment they have a big agreement with Ford, um, there's always the danger that, I mean, Ford is not the best one company in the world. Let me, let me mm. just put that out there. There's always the danger that through Ford there's a disappointment with the results or something along those lines. It's possible, right? But I agree with, with, with Philip, the, the, the valuation, it's, I mean, this is a stock that never trades on cheap valuations, and that, again, you just have to acknowledge that this is the type of stock that does that, right? just like CSL, car sales, and you, and you name it. Um, but I would be a little bit more cautious because you don't know, you never know what the result will look like. If right. you own it, by all means, stay in it, because you probably have a long-term view anyway, yep. and these guys are on the verge of conquering America, and that's going to take another decade or so, so that's a good part but the short-term <coughs> valuation is quite high uh, you never know what comes out of the, the results costs uh, fought etc 
So I would be a little bit ahead of the result, a little bit cautious as well. But uh, if the results are good and the share price doesn't go up by 20% like it did with Alternate, by all means, you might actually add, add some more to it. Right. Okay. But a hold for you at this stage. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, next stock, and Claudia wants a view on AMP, uh, one of our oldest financial services groups, uh, been going 170 years, 1849. Uh, the Australian Mutual Provident Society uh, started offering life insurance. Um, one of the, the great financial services brands that has become a bit tarnished over the last few years, to say the least. A famous man once said, sometimes centuries happen in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it undid pretty quickly. Yes, right. I... I th- I, mean, I still remember that the banks were, were, were fighting to over this stock at uh, $22 a share. Yeah. Um, but NAP, NAP, NAP doing a botched takeover and all of that. Um, I earlier touched upon the fact that um, there are many, many ways of investing in the share market. <clears throat> One of the ways is to look for, uh, for beaten down assets that might be too cheap. And, uh, and that is definitely the style of, of some people. Um, I think the past decade and a little bit longer has proven that that is not necessarily the best way of outperforming the share market. Mm. Um, if anyone still has any doubts, it's not my style. Yeah. Um, I actually gonna uh, declassify classify myself here. I actually think I'm not even allowing myself to, to put an opinion on AMP because you know what? I'm actually not interested and I have no idea right. whether this is a, a good, but I have my doubts, let me put it that way. That right. they will actually at some t- at some stage successfully turn around, which was when I arrived in Australia 23 years ago, one of the institutions in Australian finance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the banks at the time, they were, they were all circling around it and wanted, wanted to have a piece of the action. Yep. But it has to, to state the obvious. Um, <clears throat> value investors, um, they've they've lost their pants, their their socks, their underpants, their shirts. <laughs> and just about anything they were wearing at any given stage when they tried to find value in the stock over right. the past two decades. So it's just not on your radar. It's Why take like, the risk? Yes. I'm, yep. It's like I'm not even looking at it. Yep. Philip? I remember I this. Be, so it feels like a bit of investor remorse, doesn't it, February? <laughs> uh, remember the six pillars policy? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's a blast from the past. That shows my age. Remember yeah. that funds management came out of the life companies because yes. they were the original fund managers. I remember capital guaranteed funds. Remember all that kind of stuff? Remember when they bought AXA? Remember when they yes. bought AXA, GIO? Where, where was AXA? Remember the Hain inquiry? Remember when they were in receivership? Uh, sorry, they were illiquid temporarily, mm. and the, the was it Paul Bachelor said, "Oh, we expect to be solvent by the end of the year." And then the analyst asked, "Are you solvent now?" <laughs> well, we don't measure, you know, every three months. We measure <laughs> once, right? But if you were to measure now, stock is a sell um, yeah. for everything. Broody said and more. It's been around for long enough. For, for on the numbers, it's fair value based on analyst forecast with no dividend. There's no need to look at this stock. Uh, Plenty of people have, most people have lost money on it. People often don't go back to where they've had bad experiences. You've had pain, you've had whole, everything that's gone wrong has hit them and then more you've got class actions which is about to be settled. It may well be cheap, not at the moment, on consensus. There's just easier ways to make money. Mm. Um, I think that's this the, yeah. is 
apologies to anyone. This is yesterday's hero, if it ever was a hero. You don't have to look at every stock, you don't have to swing at every ball. Yeah. There's just easier ways to make money and life insurance uh, is complex enough. This mm. is a bank, a wealth manager, financial advisor. Um, you can just look at other stocks yeah. and sleep better at night knowing what you've invested in, to be honest. It's Let's a do a valuation that this is the 1990s hero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Claudia, I think the message was uh, pretty plain and simple there. Um, now, Mary wants to know, Philip, is Pinnacle uh, Investment Management worth a look? Um, it's an investment management company, but provides services to other investment managers, doesn't it, and takes a stake in them rather than do the investing. So this is a buy. If you want to play wealth management, this is a more diversified way to play it with a better track record, at least better modern track record. So Pinnacle right. invests in, I think there's about 12 funds, uh, a lot of... Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's quite diversified. There's a heavy equity exposure. Uh, so if we believe that the worst is behind us and equity markets will continue to trend upwards, they will benefit from A, base fees going up and they're getting their share of the profits from that, and then performance fees that fund managers can generate in an up market, more so in a down market. So if you want to play wealth management pinnacle is actually um worth a look because they are that's not just you're not just picking a magellan or one fund saying mm. if they do well i'll do well they're actually quite diversified and as a group uh they're growing not expensive i think it's on um you know 21 times uh which is you know i mean amp's on 11 times but you know it's got decent growth factored in and a small dividend yield three and a half percent amp doesn't pay div so for expo if you believe in rising equity markets, which if you believe in a cut in interest rates in the near term, well, we should get that theoretically. Um, this is a good way to play um, a growth in fund business okay. better than AP. So I would call it a buy, certainly relative to the previous diversification definitely is there. They also have metrics, for example, yep. in, in there. Um, they have long short strategies, alternatives. Uh, it's it's quite diversified. The only thing I picked up from um, from the result because they've already reported is that they're doing better, but they're also going to spend more money. Oh, um, well, because a, a business like this, in order to support new strategies, and and they have to spend money mm. basically. And sometimes, if if some of the uh, the components starts growing. Because what they actually do is they, they support, they do the support in the back office. Mm. So sometimes when one of those businesses goes very hard, it means they need to spend more money right. to support okay. it. Um, <clears throat> so that will probably weigh a little bit, I think, for the time being. And that sometimes, I mean, it's, it's good long term, but a little bit less short term. Long story short, I think I agree with everything that Philip just said. This is probably one of the ways of, of playing this, this sector. I would just wait for a pullback. It has it has right. responded positively. Share markets are in a, in a very rosy mood at the moment. Um, we all know that's not going to happen forever and ever. No, I mean, we will have a pullback at some point. Uh, use the pullback to get on board. If you're not on board yet, if you're on board, by all means, bottom drawer, don't don't right. don't hesitate. Okay. All right. Mm. Let's uh, recap the first five stocks. Our stock of the day: CSL. Buy from Rudy. Hold from Philip. Uh, Linus a no from both, Magellan Global a no from both, ARB a hold from both, uh, AMP no from Rudy, um, a sell from uh, Philip and Pinnacle uh, a buy from um, from Philip, hold from Rudy if you're in it 
um, and wait for a pullback to uh, to buy. But um, likes the uh, the investment style of Pinnacle Investment Management. Likes the strategy behind it. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by the investment committee. Uh, you can see the February committee meeting on the platform at the moment, ausbiz.com. Um, let's check what went through in that meeting. Uh, the committee decided uh, to sell Challenger and uh, Santos was added to the portfolio. The weightings of CSL and Macquarie were trimmed and added to AUB and Karoon. And uh, the fund is up 23% since inception. Uh, this uh, half of the program, we're going to be running the ruler over BWP Trust in New Zealand, Grain Court, Ingenia Communities, and Waypoint REIT. Um, all right, Philip, Rachel wants a view on the BWP Trust, which is a real estate investment trust, but uh, basically uh, holds all the bunning stores, doesn't it? And I liked it for that reason. I mean, it's now fair value with a 5% dividend yield. You can get mm. better in the banks. Um, but I also understand it's going through a potential merger to become a bigger business, more diversified business. And I like that less. Um, if you want... Expo- less? Well, if you want exposure to Bunnings, you can buy Bunnings, but then you get the rest of the West Farmers business with it, which yep. you may not want. This gave you some sort of exposure just to Bunnings, which is one of the right. premier brands in the country, yeah, yep. if you ask me. Uh, they're now merging with a, a company called MPR, which I don't know a lot about, but it's going to diversify their portfolio. Investors can diversify themselves. They don't need companies to do it for them. I'm always cynical when they do that. And it seems like a large, complicated-ish Type merger. Um, stock's not particularly cheap, so you don't really need to um, take on the integration risk. In my opinion, there's there's better value elsewhere. There's better growth elsewhere. I'm not I don't I'm not overly excited about property trusts anyway, especially at the moment. Um, so I'm going to call this a sell. Um, right. Switch into West Farmers if you want bunnies exposure um, with some other stuff. But based on valuation and a potentially complex transaction coming up. It's not compelling, so right. take, take your money. Because West Farmers has a 25% stake in it, that's not. So you can, they you can do. sort of get leverage into it through West Farmers, as you were saying. But you also get the Bunnings, Bunnings as well. retail sales and, and you get CPP chemicals yeah. and you might not want them, but you get the Bunnings conglomerate. Um, yeah. So if you want diversity, just buy Bunnings, not, not the trust that houses some of the Bunnings. Do you get assets. annoyed at companies that uh, you know have a pretty simple to understand, plain vanilla strategy, and then they sort of muck it up by doing something fancy. A a lot of resource stocks do that, don't they? When they're making heaps of money, they go and buy something else rather than stick to their knitting. M&A for scale makes a lot of sense because operating leverage is real, it's important. When companies start diversifying into a different commodity or a different sector, investors can do that far more easily than they can. Mm. Um, You know, if you go back to Elders when it was Futurus, it was building the bunnies, the bunnings of the bush. It invested in car seat covers, telecommunications, live exports. It's like, why? Mm. Um, investors can do that themselves. So I don't agree that companies should diversify by investing, but certainly to get scale. Uh, if right. a gold company takes over a nearby gold mine, fantastic. If an iron ore company goes and buys lithium, well, I can do that more easily than you can. I've right. got multiple options. So. The worries always always makes me wonder what do they see in terms of their growth options for their current business if they're diversifying away from it. Bunnings is the exception. Uh, everyone wants to be the next Bunnings. Very few, very few have been. Mm. 
Rudy? Minerals. Min, min, minerals. minerals. I didn't name the names. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't name the names. So you got out of minerals when they I got into lithium? Uh, they probably didn't time that well, but mm. the jury's still out. Okay. Anyway, having said all that, um, it just goes to show that the share market, by any means, is always uh, a, a pot of contrasting views on things. Mm. Um, the view just given by Philip was. Um, it's not necessarily the only view out there. I mean, the, the yet disadvantage is that if you're the landlord of Bunnings, that you're very much beholden to whatever West Farmers does in closing down shops and opening new ones. And um, over the years, probably carried by, by, uh, by Philip's enthusiasm, the shares of BW Trust have always traded at a premium. I mean, mm. And a lot of analysts who cover the sector didn't like to talk, similar to the banking analysts never liking CBA, and then it, just, it, it performs every year, yeah? Um, but I, could, I personally, I can see the point where if you're sitting in the board chair or, or in the CEO chair of BWP, that you think I have to negotiate with the West Farmers every single year. Yeah, and, um, and they have and, a bigger and, and these guys are a little bit too powerful to, for my business, for my liking. Right. Um, so for that perspective, you can see why you add a different part to your business. I mean, <clears throat> another example is, um, CSL went into vaccines away from uh, from plasma, and that has proven very beneficial for shareholders. And shareholders could not have done that on their own, but that's just one example. Pretty close, though. Yeah. Um, but what has happened with BWP is the the premium has been priced out now. You see it on the price chart that they have come down to fair value now instead mm. of trading at a premium. So maybe the market has decided that. Right? For whatever reason, bond yields, whatever, they no longer deserve to trade at a premium. I have picked up over the over the past two years or so, 18 months maybe, that some of the analysts started getting a little bit less comfortable with them being one-on-one -on -one with West Farmers. Right. Because West Farmers is rationalizing their network on a yep. regular basis. Yep. And you as a landlord have nothing to say. I mean, yep. If they decided we're not going to operate this shop anymore, you have an empty property basically. Yep. Yep. Um, so they've obviously anticipated that's going to happen in the years ahead and they now diversify. Now, I don't know the merits particularly of this, but it goes without saying, it's now all about this transaction basically. I mean, they will pay a big dividend. You really now have to look into what are they going to buy? What's the exact price? What's, what's the benefit for shareholders and stuff like that? I'm assuming if you're a shareholder, you get your documents, you can flip through it. Maybe you can ask colleagues at, at Shaw if they have a yeah. better view on it. But now it becomes basically all related about the transaction. Yeah. If you're not in it, I wouldn't buy it. No. Because you now go for simpler propositions. Right. And, and, and you never know. Sometimes transactions don't go through. Yeah. Or they get readjusted or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah. They get in and do, do the yeah. due diligence. But, right. I, but I think it's only fair to say that the premium has been priced out. So it's actually more attractive than it has been over the past few years. Right. Okay. All right, our next stock, uh, Shaw wants a view, uh, Rudy, on Air New Zealand. Uh, yeah. Well, international Qantas looks very cheap on just about every analyst assessment in Australia. Um, and it is, Qantas shares are trading well below valuations. Um, why I say that is why would you then go to Air New Zealand, which is much smaller, not, not I mean, I'm not going to call Qantas a high quality company, but I wouldn't. I would definitely not call Air New Zealand a high quality company. Right. I mean, it's okay. an airline for starters. You know I mean? So you'd prefer Qantas to this? If you had to make if a choice, I would probably go for Qantas, despite all the bad vibes that is going around yep. Qantas. Um, you know I mean, 
and New Zealand, my goodness, you see it there. Yeah, there's, there's no dividends for the time being. Um, yes, it will recover at some stage because uh, international traffic will come to New Zealand again. But in more general terms, I mean, if you really want to go anal about it, um, the travel industry has much better propositions. Mm. Right? Mm. Go for the agents. I mean, yeah. go for Webjet, go for yeah. corporate travel. Uh, the guy on the other side of the table would probably throw in Hello World as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's stealing my, my, my script. <laughs> well, see, it's, isn't it a bit like uh, insurance companies and the versus brokers. insurance brokers? Yeah, uh, uh, travel yes. agents and the air, airlines are yes. a really complex business. Yeah. Uh, a travel agent just clicks the clips the yeah. incredibly high. Uh, ticket prices. And there's an airline, you're under risk, is your, is your Boeing, uh, does it have all the screws in there or is it one of the engines <laughs> failing? All right. And as, a, as an agent, you yep. don't, don't have that risk. No, right? that's right. Philip? I really just stole my script. Uh, look, I agree. <laughs> it's 80% market share. It's not going to grow by winning market right. share. You need the industry to recover, which it will. It's uh, fair, majority owned by the government. Yeah, it's fair value doesn't pay dividends. So we like the travel space. So you mentioned one of my favorites, Hello World. Both of them are on 10 times PE. Mm. Uh, if you ignore FY24 with for the both normalizing years, for Hello World, it's a strong up year. For yeah. Yeah, New Zealand, it's a strong down year. So we go forward to the following year. You've got Air New Zealand growing 12%, Hello World growing 20%, both paying 10 times. Hello World pays right. a dividend. You take an agent any day of the week because yeah. they have okay. a choice of all. all, um, all Hello areas. World v Flight Centre. 10 times versus 18 times. No right. debt versus a lot of debt. The larger funds will always play Flight Centre because it's global and it's just been around for longer and Screw's done a good job. Uh, those who can play small should have a look at Hello World mm. because very similar. It's, it's purely Australia. Yep. So it's Australian. Yep. Flight Centre is global. Australian consumers doing well. Australian corporates doing well. Founder um, still involved Founder well. still there. So on a valuation and a domicile basis, Hello World for me. Mm. Uh, larger cap funds will play Flight Centre for the same theme and they'll just pay more for it. Or you go for diversification and you do Webjet. Which, yeah, apart, which apart from the airline tickets now also gives you accommodation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So you like Webjet? Oh yeah, yeah, I would. Out of all the names we had, uh, you'd go Webjet. Webjet would be the more, most diversified and arguably uh, highest potential. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, next stock uh, on the agenda: Grain Corp uh, into an ag ag stock. Um, processing company again, another old, 100 years old, operates the largest grain storage logistics network in Eastern Australia, sources grain from Canada, the UK, and Ukraine as well, which I didn't realise. You have to laugh. We, we were sitting here October, November with um, El, El Nino. It wasn't going to rain. We're yeah. going into a drought. Cattle price was three bucks and falling, all doom and gloom in the ag sector. And literally just as El Nino was declared, it started raining and now mm. everyone's upgrading their weather forecast. So we're now talking El, El, that La Nina mm. is the most yeah. likely outcome at 60 plus seven. So now yeah. it's gonna rain in winter. Yeah. More yeah. rain means great uh, outcome mm. for grain corp. You saw that in the um, in the price rebound with the rainfall. So they are linked to the size of the crop given their receivable, receivables mm. business, receivables business. The bigger the crop, the better they do. They're coming off two very strong years. So it's unlikely that they'll match 
the prior strong years, but they're probably going to beat what was recent up until recently, very pessimistic analyst forecast mm. in terms of mean reversion because we're no longer going into a drought. We get an ABS crop report first week of March, where you'll right. probably see some upgrades and positive commentary regarding rainfall. Mm. Grain Corp, uh, it's not a June reporter, um, it, but it'll put out, it usually puts out a training update in March, like many of the September reporting companies do. I think it's a buy going into that update because analysts have just been too pessimistic, worried about trying to predict the weather, which none of us can do. So I think many ag socks, yeah. including Grain Corp, is due a consensus upgrade uh, as soon as next month. So I'll call it yeah. a buy on that basis. Well, right. there you go. Buy, buy into the weather. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I guess that that sums it up. That's it. Sums it up. I think Philip is correct. Uh, they will not match the previous years. There's, they've been very fantastic. At the moment, forecasts are going up, so less bad, basically. Um, what's the future? Well, the future is uh, look at the weather. Yeah. Right? If Again, it's it's not my type of risk that I take in my portfolio. I mean, I like companies that, even if the wind blows in the other direction, they, they'll still get, <laughs> they can still make profits. Yeah. Um, and, and the obvious thing to say is, that, again, it, with commodity stocks, um, you buy them when they're down. I mean, you, if you bought this one when it was down, mm. you're sitting on a, on a very healthy profit right now. So for me, it's for me, it's not. I mean, I'm, I'm not as confident as, as okay. may, maybe for the short term, but longer term, these stocks go nowhere. Yeah, they go up and down, up and down, and, yeah. and over ten years, they may not have moved. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a better option than Elders if you want an egg stock and egg stock? Elders a bit more diversified. Yeah. Um, so I prefer Elders. Right. But I think they'll both do well um, for the similar reasons. Um, okay. Bumper winter crop it will help these guys. Will help Elders. Will help New Farms Australian business. Um, so I think you'll see a few a few egg stocks run in March mm. when the ABS stuff comes out. Okay. You cover Ridley. <clears throat> not in this life, but um, really, really's done very well. Yeah. They should be. The <laughs> Did you start? Not, not in this life. No, not in, not in, not in this role. I haven't. haven't All right. <laughs> really, sorry, I didn't I was mean that to say, sound. That was just a a um, a haymaker, if no, you like. No, no, um, it's a great from, company from it's, out of the blue. No, no. In it's, in what the, about Ridley? In, not in, in, in my life. In a previous life. In a previous life, I did. He's done a great job, the MD. There. Right. In yeah. theory, they should. <laughs> benefit when there's a drought because more demand for animal feed for the mm. animal feed product but right. they've proven they can do well mm. rain hail or shine so um, MD's done a great job in turning that business around in the last five years so okay, great so business but I don't cover it I guess so some businesses they do turn around yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so like Grain Corp and Elders yeah but what you're telling us is that ABEAR report is going to be really important when it comes out in March in March because it's the closest one to the winter mm. crop and winter is yeah. important for our stocks you okay. should see a few trading right. updates in March, based on previous years. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's. Uh, Charlie wants a view, Rudy, on Engenia uh, communities, the uh, the big sort of retirement yeah. over fifty fives property yeah. group, development yeah. group. Yeah. Uh, the question I always have with this one and with uh, lifestyle communities, which are often yep. put in the same basket, why? Um, <clears throat> your best. It's a great theme. Really, we're getting old. We need this sort of accommodation. I, I know, but that's 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 the, that's the story. That's the narrative in society. That's yep. now now the narrative in the share market doesn't pay dividends, or if they do, the yield is not very high. So, mm -hmm. um, and basically, it's a very chunky business. It's it's all about developing and then be able to sell it off, basically yep. to sell it on. And both of them 
if you would happen to share parts of both of them, there you go. It hasn't been fantastic in, in, re in recent years, disappointment after disappointment. So when I read reports on the REIT sector by, by analysts in Australia, most of them, their favorites are Ingenia and lifestyle communities mm. are amongst, let's say, the top five always mentioned. And I always think, yeah, but if I buy a company for growth, I'm very unlikely going to buy a REIT. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, give me ResMed or CSL anytime. But it or sounds technology like, one or something. But their like that, no, right? explanation is logical. Like yes, the society yes. story is. It's true, but if aging population. But if you, but if you, going to be a boom for th this. That's true, but once upon a time, we had people buying into Regis Healthcare and and their peers, yep. and that turned out to be a very bad proposition for many many years. You're yeah? right. Ultimately, they had to be taken off the market uh, because shareholders were really bleeding out of every hole they had. Um, so that societal narrative is not necessarily a finance narrative, you know what I mean? It's a good learning, is that? Um, and it all depends on what comes back to the shareholder. And both mm. Lifestyle and Ingenia, over the years, has been very, very patchy. I mean, if, if they would just go, go up like a Steadfast or the AUB Corp, you go like, well, you just have them. You know I mean? yeah. But you don't. Yeah. Because if you had these stocks in the past few years, you would be happy on Sunday and, and sad on Monday. Yeah? <laughs> and that's why for me, it, it, I just can't see the attraction. It, I mean, if I want growth, I buy a growth stock mm. where, where I refuse mm. to overpay. If I want yield, usually yeah. when I go into the reach, I probably look for yield and growth. Um, I mean, Goodman is one of my favorites in that sector, for example. Yield is now very low because P is very high. But these stocks, for me, they're sort yeah. of like fall in between everything and I can't see the attraction. Okay, so so you don't like the old accommodation, you skip that and you go to the funeral? Uh, no, Goodman uh, Group, I said. Cremators? That's not the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they also have a very patchy, patchy track yes, record as well. So yes, I do. But again, a similar theme. Yes. A similar society yes. story. You know, we're getting older, we're all going to die. Mm. Um, it doesn't often turn out that way. No, what makes sense is you buy quality healthcare because yeah. they yeah. are still yeah. benefiting from the fact that we're all getting older, we all, we all get more, 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 yeah. more diseases. Yeah. Philip, do you, what do you think of this? I, I tend to agree. I like the demographic, but I've just seen some of the, so many of these things blow up or not work yeah. out well. Aging population, well, we know that, but how do you make money out of it? There are no barriers to entry. You get access to the property. If you can get staff, you can set up one. It's like childcare. Like it's yeah. it's an essential service. Barriers to entry are low, therefore profits are low. They're very political. If there's a bad, if there's a patient or a, uh, a tenant not looked after, it makes the press gets very political around. Well, the Royal Commission increased the yeah. cost going into it in, in yeah. terms of what you've got to pay staff on staff levels, right? And, yeah, uh, and staff turnover can be high. It's hard to keep keep the good ones, and they're not necessarily rewarding jobs because mm. it's anecdotally. You work there, your customers die, and you know it's not—it's not necessarily a happy working environment for those who are in the role. Um, if you want to play healthcare aging population, which 
think you should. You can play through healthcare. You can play through pharmacy stocks up until recently, like Sigma, uh, EBOS at a certain price because mm. the aging population also uses a lot of meds. Right. You can play stocks like CSL um, at the right price because, again, they mm. use more and more medication. So just because a company is exposed to the correct or an, an, appreci- um, an attractive theme mm. doesn't mean it itself is a good investment. And I put childcare and aged care in that basket. Right yep. theme, wrong way to play it. Play yep. a healthcare stock like yep. I said. Yep. Something with leverage yes. with IP. Why don't you like Sigma now? With Chemist Warehouse going? Dollar fifteen. Oh, just 90 cent. People are paying up for exposure to the chemistry. It's a case right. of great business yeah. versus a great investment. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've still got a 90 cent price target on it. Stocks at $1.10. Yeah. Um, right. The pharmacy data that's coming out through the ABS retail has been strong. People mm. are still spending at the pharmacy. Mm. So people aren't slowing. Uh, it's just people are now throwing money at, at Sigma to get access to Chemist Warehouse, so which is a great price. business. But yeah. let's see if the flight actually happens. People want Chemist Warehouse, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I remember, people paid twenty bucks for AMP when it floated. <laughs> twenty-two. I remember twenty-two. 22. Yeah. All right. So don't go into uh, lodgings for or property for uh, an aging population. Would you go into um, Philip uh, service stations? Now Angus wants to know your view on Waypoint REIT, three billion dollar portfolio of service stations, mainly the uh, Shell service stations from Viva Energy. It's interesting because normally I'm cautious REITs and this one isn't particularly cheap. Um, does pay a good dividend yield at sort of 6.7%. The consumer has held up. Car sales have held up. So the view that we're all going to stop driving isn't happening. Um, we all talk about pressure um, at, the, at the shopping centre when we go pay, um, buy our groceries every month. They sell some groceries. They don't necessarily sell the cheapest. Um, but volumes are holding up and they're still getting the foot traffic for want of a better phrase. Um, so I actually don't mind it. It's just fair value. Um, I would normally say dump it and buy Coles or Woolies, but it pays a good dividend yield. So because it's holding up okay, it's, it's I mean, you can buy Coles, right? Um, no. But it's not unattractively priced and it pays an almost 7% dividend yield. So I'm mm. going to call it a hold, hold. on that basis because okay. their customer base has proven resilient and it pays a good divvy. So I, I would hang on to this one and see uh, what growth they can they can eke out. This is a, uh, a contrast with the one we just, we just spoke about mm. earlier. So this is a read. They are uh, rationalizing their network. I mean, they're basically closing down, selling off the the, the, the doozies in the network, they're not, not that profitable and they're not that performing that well. So overall, that, that improves the quality of what they have in terms of income from their assets. Longer term, medium longer term, you would still, still think they will have to convert some of that to like electrical or vehicle st- stations. Yeah. I mean, they're probably going to do that. Um, having said so, the share price is already up a lot from, from the lows last year. Uh, that has happened already. High dividend yield, that's why you would probably own a REIT. Um, mm. I think there's still some um, undervaluation in, in the share price there, but for that to consistently come to the fore, I think we will need to see RBA rate cuts and, right. and bond yields lower. Now okay. that might still be out for a while, not happening. So for the time being though, though you, get a high, you get a high yield. Mm. And the yield itself, which is not the case for all the REITs, it's quite, quite secure. Yeah. They're not going to cut their dividend, I mean, yeah. or very low chance that that happening. So if you're looking for an income stock, which still has some upside mm. in, in terms of share price performance, Waypoint Reed looks like an ideal candidate. So okay. if that's 
the, for that if part of your you portfolio, want. exactly. Yeah. But if you're looking for a share price that's going to be uh, a lot higher over the next few years, then this is not the one. Yep. Okay. So hold from you yep. as well for the yield a, yep. for the income. For the yield. Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, uh, BW Trust. Um, no interest from uh, from Rudy on it. Uh, it's a sell from Philip Ed New Zealand. A no from both. Um, go to travel agents. Hello World is is Philip's favourite. Um, Rudy threw in Webjet as uh, his preferred travel group. Uh, Grand Corp a buy from uh, Philip and no from Rudy. Ingenia a no from both. And Waypoint a hold from both. Uh, Rudy, good to see you, mate, from FN Arena. Yeah, if you have to choose between PWP and, and uh, WPR, go for, for WPR. Go for Waypoint. Simpler. <laughs> Keep it simple. Phil from Shore and Partners, thank you, mate. Good, good to see you. you. Thank you. Um, if you'd like uh, me to put any of your favourite stocks or any in your portfolio to the expert panel, uh, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us on X using at TV. Add all the comments and questions you like attached to your, uh, to your stocks. That makes it a lot more interesting as well. That's it from me. See you same time tomorrow for another edition of The Call.